This is the podcast, not an interview. This is a conversation. No gimmicks, just reasons. 84 reasons. Come holler at me. What up, everybody? I am being true. This is another episode, another installment of 84 Reads. No games, no gimmicks, just reads. Make sure, make sure you like, share, and subscribe. You know, because when it comes to these, when it comes to these uh podcasts or these conversations, I want to make sure you guys are liking what you're hearing. But whenever I get a chance to sit down with a former teammate, I try to make sure I give them they just dudes because we man, 23 years. Met this man 23 years ago. Don't even seem like 23 years. I want to get it right. All America. Played some, played a couple of years in the National Football League. Got the best dad we're gonna get into that. Got the best dad you're gonna meet. Played with his brother. Played with his brother at the same time. Now, head pit master of Sunday's barbecue, doing all great things. Listen, when it comes to brisket, you go to this next man, my next guest, former teammate. And he got something coming up on Food Network. We'll get in that. The great Shannon Snell. What's going on with today, Shannon? True. What's up, man? That is a listen. I don't. I need a hype. If I need a hype, man, somebody needs to call you because that that was. I I don't know if anybody could have did it better than that. I listen. I'm gonna make sure. I listen. I'm gonna make sure. Listen. Got a brick. Got a, Got a brick. You know, at, at Florida. Mm-hmm. When it comes to your dad, man, I always when I when I think of you, Shannon, I always think of your dad was the team dad. Whether he was a whether we he adopted us, we adopted him. May yeah. he rest. May he rest in peace, man. But he was. When I think of the Snell family, which to me that's one of the golden families. You know, you got the Jacksons. You know, you got the Snells. But before we before we even get into the football, man, Shannon, how the hell did we go four years of college? You didn't pick up a. You didn't make no ramen noodles. You didn't make no hot dogs. Then I look up. This man is a pit master, man. I mean, obviously, I see you guys. Your grandfather was. Where, where did that come from? See, true. What happened was you had the same schedule I did. You knew we were out there running with Rob Glass and getting beat up every single day. So I didn't have the opportunity. Look, man, I was it, it happened a long time ago, like before I went to college. Um, even when I was in high school, I took some culinary art classes and I did some stuff like that. And um, it was just a passion, bro. It was like it was a passion. Like I used to hang out with my grandfather on that big old smoker he, smoker he had in the, on his barrel in, in West Tampa. And I had fun and it kind of progressed, but, you know, and I had a, a chance to go to Johnson and Wales, which is a uh, culinary art school in, in, in Miami. But, you know, football went out. I happened to be pretty good at it, as you, you and I both know. So I decided to do that. But then after the fact, the passion of cooking still kind of remained. I still wanted to do it. So naturally, as I got into a career, as I wanted to get into a career, that kind of uh, it kind of took over. So let me get this straight. Hold on for a second. Hold on. Hold on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you are gonna go to culinary school, like, like mm-hmm. you. And so, so had you not been the beast of a guard, you was, you would have been doing this. We probably been with you, man. I want that. She left. Give me the Shannon Stale brisket special a lot earlier. Because most, exactly- and the reason why, and the reason why I say it, Shannon, is this: most of the scariest thing about you know athletes is Plan B. It scares mm-hmm. us to death because all we all we know, sports, 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 sports. So football comes to an end, and it always comes to an end a lot quicker than we wanted to. Even if we walk away, we think it's too early. Did you did you already know it was gonna be what you're doing now, or did you say, well, listen, at least I can fall back on something I enjoy? 
You know, I didn't know. I I knew that I knew kind of where I wanted to be, Troop. I knew what I wanted to fall into. And just like you say, like, you know, when your time got that through in the league, you might have had a plan because you were able to plan for it. But we all say when we get out and we make it to that point, when we make it to the league, that we're going to have a, you know, 15, 16, 17-year career. And you're going to ride off into the sunset. And then you're going to, you know, whatever it's going to be, you're going to re- retire and do all that. The realistic fact is, and it doesn't happen for all those people, it happens to maybe 1% of those people that play football or that play a professional sport. So for me, it was it took a little bit of soul searching, took a little bit of time for me to try to figure out what I wanted to do. Um, I knew I wanted to do something in the food service industry. Um, it just excited me. It, it still gave me that sense of team that I was so used to that I've been doing for like 12 or 13 years. Um, so I said, hey, I, I want to do this. And you know, when I first got into this business with with Sonny's, I just I didn't know. I, I thought it was just like something I was trying out. But as time has gone on, now it's been about 16 years. Um, it's become a passion. It's not, like when you go to work, like what you're doing now, podcasting um, with this 84 reasons, It's it doesn't feel like work. It feels like when you go into it um, that you're having fun, like you wake up and you're trying to find innovative ways uh, to make it better. And that's kind of what I'm doing now. 2020 was something that shocked the whole world. I mean, it rocked the whole world, shut the whole world down. Obviously, I knew what you was doing well before then, but when the world shut down, it's almost like you sped up. You said, look, I know that people can't leave their home. People are hungry. Mm -hmm. Some people don't know where they're going to get food from. Talk about what you was able to do in 2020 when, obviously, the world, 2020, 2021, going around the state, now you leaving them three, five, two city limits to go kind of do that, uh, that Sunny's on wheels. Yeah, man, I was, you know, 2020, everybody started getting furloughed. People started um, being, had to stay home. There's a lot of things that were going on in the world that nobody had any clue. If you cut on the news at any point, at any point in time, it was a lot of doom and gloom. And um, if you cut on social media, a lot of my followers, a lot of people I follow just, it was just, you know, they were just unsure. Nobody knew of a vaccine. Nobody knew of when this thing was going to end. Nobody knew what it was going to eventually come out to be. So I found it as an opportunity, Troop, that I just, um, I was just, I was sick of seeing it. I really was. I said, you know, instead of being negative and instead of uh, looking at the glass half empty, I said, I got to, I want to turn this into somewhat of a positive, um, not only for uh, myself, but people that I surround myself with, people that I see. And so I didn't know what was going to happen. I was scared. I, I got to be completely honest with you, man. It's like when I stepped out in faith I and uh, decided to start delivering barbecue and taking it to people in need, I was a little bit nervous because I was around a lot of different people. COVID was out there in the world. I had no clue. But, you know, God was kind of telling me, hey, this is kind of your calling. This is something that you need to do. Um, you have a platform just like we did in athletics. We have platforms to create uh, these memories and these situations for people that they're always going to love and remember. Well, the same thing happens in barbecue. I said, hey, look, I, I'm going to create memories for some people and there's going to be people out there in need. There's people that legitimately can't leave their house because they have compromised immune systems and compromised. Uh, they may not, but they might have been furloughed and they're might not making money. So I decided to make it a point to show them some love to really install like the values that my dad installed into me a long time ago. And, you know, I'm a people person. I just, I got sick of not being around people. I love my family, but they just said, and I got their blessing too. They said, go, if you feel a need, you know, obviously we took precautions as a family, but they said, go and, 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 and do what God's calling you to do. And that's exactly what I did. 
Kenan, when you you just you just said it's a calling. You talk we talk about the fact that when you the, the hardest thing about sports is the locker room and the camaraderie. It's not the games, it's it's the people. Right. You meet some of the most interesting people. And I was always told, man, let's true fulfillment is something you're willing to, you know, do for free and get paid for, right? You're a person, right. you're a person that you said, I'm a people person. You live in Gainesville. That, listen, what, what you got your name from is right there down the street. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, this NIL thing happened, right? You were yep. already serving these boys up in training camp. I mean, them guards and them old linemen looking like, oh, you you can really cook like hell yeah. I can. You think I'm going to feed you guys and I don't know how to season this meat? Like, <laughs> we in the NIL era. Talk about telling them, you know, not just doing what you're doing for them old linemen, but being able to give them some knowledge while y'all sitting there breaking bread saying, fellas, I'm not here to tell you what you can and can't do. I'm telling you to be successful in this game. This is what you need on top of the fact that, you know, you, you know, you're giving them them secret sauces. Yeah. So the reason that we got into that business of doing that and why I was so passionate is you think about it, Troop, is that it's about building relationships. Um, a lot of times these young men um, that you talk to, whether it be the offensive lineman, which we, we built that NIL deal with them or, any of them on the team, they, they're they very void of having a lot of conversation. They're very um, used to having people praise them and 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 talk about them while they're on the field and whatever they're doing. But it's, you know, the, eventually the game ends, whether it be sooner than later for some. Um, so for me, it was being able to pass on a, a lot of our conversations. I didn't care about what they were doing. I, you know, of course, I hope they win the previous week or whatever. But that was like very minuscule versus me talking to them about life or me and being able to feed them a good meal. Just like what we're doing right now with the Gator Cookout. We're cooking for them each week on the grill, just showing them life lessons. And that's one thing I will say that uh, Billy Napier and his staff are doing a really good job at is teaching these guys life lessons. Because Billy knows, the coaching staff knows, is that not all these guys are going to have the opportunity to play five or ten years in the league. They, they know that there's going to be things that these guys have to do, life skills that they're going to have to do when they get out. And that's what the NIL was built around for me when I was able to communicate with these guys. It was the food was a minuscule part of my thing, but it was just being able to have conversation, being able to break bread and to be able to create relationships and show them how easy it is, because 90 percent of what they do in this world is about a relationship that they created. All right. The other 10 percent is the actions that they do afterwards. So I was trying to and the more that they do that, the easier it becomes. So when they when that final when that final whistle does go off, there it's an easier transition for them. When did you realize, Shannon, too, that we we represent the other side of sports in a way that where they have to see us enjoying life away from it? Because, mm-hmm. yeah, it's easy to come back when you currently in the league, or you know, you got you are you a big time celebrity, and you know, and everybody knows what you do. But when you mm-hmm. come in and say, "Yeah, man." I'm the head pit master of Sundays. I love it. I just happen to go to Florida. I happen to do it in the same city that I, you know, got known for. But when they see you enjoying what you're doing and the NIL is something you get to say, look, I'm happy that we got a platform that I could use to talk to you guys about the other side of sport. And the reason why I say that is, of course, we're going to smile and do all these things when you're doing what you love, you grew up loving to do. But They see you loving what you're doing. I'm sitting listen, and, and I got I'm, I'm speaking directly to the players. Y'all cannot grill. I, I've seen some of y'all. Some of y'all, <laughs> the cameraman only trying to get this. So listen, listen, when you season it, put it on the grill. Y'all sitting there taking pictures with 
dead meat. Put it on the grill, flip it, do what Shannon tell you. But that's another, that's another for another day. Just being able to show them, Shannon, man, you can enjoy your life when sport is over. Because it had, and that really what really has to come from us. Because if it's somebody outside of us, they're gonna be like, yeah, well, they don't do what I do. I'm telling you, the quicker you can find something you love to look forward to after sport, it kind of makes sport less of your identity, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's what it is. You know, it's that period that that because a lot of a lot of us have been playing football or had played football since Pop Warner, right? Some of us, some of us started in you know freshmen in high school, but needless to stay, by the time that you you're a senior in in college, you have played eight or nine years continuously, right? And you've been treated one certain way, and that's all you can know, and and that's all you've been around, and that's the difficult part because when whether it's you play a couple years in the league or many years in the league, there's going to be a period, like a, a one or two year period, that you don't know what to do with yourself. You don't know how to act. You don't know how to really enjoy life when something's kind of taken away from you. And a lot of times the game is the game ends quicker than a lot of us think it's going to end. Um, that's the period that I want a lot of these young men to to realize, even young women, even in different sports, I want them to realize is that, you know, and this is why it's so important for guys like you and guys like me and people, you know, like, you know, we talk Max Starks. Max is doing stuff on TV and doing stuff like that to show that there's another side other than running into 300 pound guys to to show that, you know, even though the spotlight is not on you, um, you can build your life into a point where you can enjoy it and you can enjoy what you do and you can make a successful living behind it. And I think that's so important because. As many years as they play football, they still have many, many more years to enjoy of their life and to make something out of it. Um, so and I think that's so important that it starts at the point whether when they get into college, as they're doing now, teaching a lot of these life lesson courses and life, life lesson classes to when they leave. Right. It's a four year experience that they all need to understand. That's really important. And it really plays into them as they become younger men into older, older adults. We're gonna be what the old saying, you're gonna be a former player much longer, you're gonna be a current player. We don't and we right. don't know, we don't know when that former player begins. But you said something. Billy Napier, right? Comes mm-hmm. over from Louisiana, didn't come from a didn't come from a P5 to a P5. So he get the whole Sunbelt Billy thing. And obviously it takes a it, it took us two, three years to even get it to even adapt to what Florida is. And that's not, I don't even know what the head coach got to go through, but most coaches talk about bringing in former players, mm-hmm. but he said, "On the former players are Florida. It ain't me. It's them." Talk about the relationship you've been able to build with him, because I don't know what phase they in now. Them boys got more phases than a toddler. They 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 they're going through a phase right now. But talk about him just welcoming you, Shannon, because you know how it is. We hear that the former players, we hear it, but we have to see it. He seems to be uh, you know, putting in action. Said so really weird. True. Here's a story: is that. Um, when he came in, um, he had a well-conceded plan. I didn't know what it was. All I heard was what he said in the pressers. And I got a call from somebody down at the university and don't know how they got my number. have no clue how they got my number, but on the phone they referenced, they were like, oh yeah, Coach Napier gave me your number. And I hadn't even met him yet, which was the which was the most incredible part. And from what I understand now is that one thing that he did when he first came in is he got the number of all former players and he reached out or somebody reached out into in a capacity to them to try to reconnect them with the program. So many years in the past, and I've seen a lot of coaches come uh, through Florida here over the last decade. Um, a lot of the coaches were very protected. They protect the program. A lot of the former players didn't come back around. 
Um, and I always I was one to believe that, you know, the only people that could talk intelligently about the Florida Gator program is the former players. I mean, those are the guys that lived it. Those are the guys that had that 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 had that blood, sweat and tears that laid out on that practice field in the swamp out there. So um, for him, um, I think he's a really smart guy. First of all, I, I think that's uh, a lot of our coaches in the past were smart X's and O's wise, but he is very cerebral to the point that he realizes that he has to be able to use all his resources to get Florida back to a place that Florida was. We're talking a decade and a half ago. Well, the last time that that Florida was relevant in, in, a, in a larger scale was back in 2009, the troop. And that's been, that's almost fit. We're t- coming up on 15 years. So um, I think he realizes that all the banter and a lot of stuff that's happened here over the course of 15, he's tried to absorb it and he's trying to rebuild it. Right. He's trying to rebuild the fact that, you know, we got a new indoor practice facility. We got, um, Hebner Hall, which is absolutely phenomenal, the new locker rooms and stuff. So uh, I think with all that encompass and all that stuff that he can talk about, he still realizes that the former players are what a lot of these younger guys need to see. Because if you go to an Alabama, if you go to a Clemson, if you visit a Georgia, if you go to Texas, LSU, A&M, wherever you go, a lot of these guys are coming back around the program showing these guys love. And I think that's exactly what Florida needs. I think that was something that was missing for a long, long time. And it takes the right guy, it takes the right leader in charge to realize that and to um, to expound on that. I think that's what Napier. I think that's what Billy Napier is. I think he's one of the, he's a people person, but he's a, just a really smart, cerebral individual that's been able to connect all the dots and to line all the stars. And maybe not personally, he's been able to put people in places that have been able to do that. We saw Vernell Brown that he kept around. For that very reason, and Vernell was able to be able to branch out into Anthony Richardson's manager now and do some other stuff. So, um, but he's been able to just really um, reform this program to getting getting it to a place where it's gonna instead of building it off of a off a shifting sand, but building it on really solid concrete ground. You talk about the coaches that you've seen in the last ten years, the facilities. You talked about you know the indoor facility you're talking about now the boys don't got to walk upstairs to go across the street to the <laughs> practice fields but how much has just football facilities changed forget the last 10 years the last couple of years it's like the old dome seemed like it's in the, it's almost to the street now is that the new wave you think of recruiting aside i get you know coach billy gonna be in a different whip every time a recruit come in but do you think the new i guess like uh selling point is these facilities they have to be. I think the facilities are um, is secondary now because you're expected to have good facilities. Um, the facilities that you if you if you haven't upgraded your facilities since 19, 1990, 2000, then that's a problem. A lot of these guys you're talking about being able to compete against not only the NIL era. That's a that's a small portion. You can give a guy, you know, a million dollars. But if your facilities are, are 10 cent, then <laughs> you're, you ain't getting that guy. <laughs> A lot of these guys that you're competing against or you're competing for, think about it like for Florida. You know, we're competing against Georgia. We're competing against, let's just to say the SEC because now we have Oklahoma and Texas joining. Like we're competing against some really tough um, teams in different regions of the United States that have a lot of good, uh, that have facilities that are really, really nice. Um, and you hear legends of them, whether it be Clemson's campus that has mini- miniature golf courses or Alabama's campus that has, like a game room that could rival Dave and Buster's, right? Um, so we have to be able to compete on that end because think about it now. The facilities are so important because you want guys to stay on campus. I remember when you and I were on campus, a lot of times we left campus was because we didn't have a lot yeah. to do. You know, you went down there to work out, 
you went in there to change and do all your stuff in the locker room. But then after that, there was nothing else. There was nothing else for us to do but go downtown and get into trouble or do something else that we probably shouldn't have been doing. So for these facilities, I think it is an avenue for these guys, the indoor practice stuff. To be, when you come to a school, it's like, hey, I can envision myself sitting in this locker room. I can envision myself being in an air-conditioned indoor practice facility. It's going to make my – it's going to preserve my body. It's going to make me practice harder. It's going to make me um, – it's going to create more visibility, not only for myself, but it's going to create more visibility and attract better players for me to help win championships. So I think it, it, it does all play into one big big bubble, and I think it's, I think it's a great thing. Um, that Florida actually did that and moved forward with it. Coach Neighbors' offense last year, obviously when you have a guy like Anthony Richardson, you're going to call certain plays for him because he's just a, a freak of nature. But the one thing that he made a point was the run game. In one year, I mean, top five, top ten in the run game, you know you're bringing that back. And the, the offensive line, to me, the best teams have the best offensive line. They got the best guys in the trenches. And that's going to go back to even 2009 when we was winning. You see this offensive line is going to be reshaped a little bit. Uh, you know, you don't replace guys like Torrance. You just don't. I mean, you know, when you talk about what he brought, physicality is one thing. Mentality is everything. When you see this sure. offensive line, uh, Shannon, what what lets you, what makes you know that one, even if, even if, even if you can't re, uh, replace Torrance, they can go out there and have another effort as, as far as like running the football to kind of let that passing game catch up a little bit. The best thing he did is and you could tell what he wanted. Like, if you take a look at the offensive line last year, he inherited some pretty big guys, um, some big guys that had to learn how to kind of get into the mode of running the ball. You know, it, it was it, it's kind of a mentality because, you know, the couple previous couple of years, you had Kyle Trask who threw the ball for umpteenth amount of yards. Right. And you're back there past that. And well, now the the idea is to run the ball to set up the pass, set up some play action, set up the things that, that Billy Napier really likes to do. One thing you could see that he did in the offseason, if you haven't really taken notice, and whether that's in the portal, whether that was in the recruiting classes, he went out and he got big guys. He went out and got, listen, all right, I'm standing at this grill out. I didn't realize how big they were until I actually was able to stand next to him. You know, guys like Austin Barber standing at like 6'8", you know, and 6'8 and is like the median. I mean, these guys are towers. I'm 6'5", and I'm looking up at these guys. And so he went out and got some really <laughs> – he, ran out, he got some monsters and, and got monsters in depth, right? Last year, he had five or six guys that could play offensive line. But there was a big change. There was some switchover. He was able to get into the portal and go out and get guys that are 6'8", 6'7", 6'8", 350, 360 pounds, 340 pounds. And this is what is going to happen is that a lot of times, if you saw it last season, you saw it early last season, when you're able to lean on guys in the run game, it slows them down in the pass game. It slows them down from rushing. And I think that's what's going to happen. You don't have Anthony back there to be able to run around, right? You got Graham Mertz, who has a pretty good arm, and he's probably going to be pretty good in play action. And that's exactly the offense that he wants to run. He wants to be able to have let ETN and Trail run around back there, have those guys pick their holes, and have the offensive line really assert their dominance. And last year, you saw that a lot. The offensive line was able to assert dominance. We're talking about the Alabama game. We talked about a lot of games that these guys were able to really beat up the guys up front. The Utah game. They asserted their will. They did. They did what they wanted to do. Um, so that is the that's the game plan is to be a physical football team and to sprinkle in that play action pass. If you got to get in the drop back, that's great. Do we want to be down 14, 21 points? Absolutely not. But if the offensive line is controlling the game, controlling the line of scrimmage, I don't think we have to worry about that. Every game is going to be close and every game is going to be dictated by what they do. 
how much better for you as an offensive lineman when you hit run when you hit a run game? It's more like it's 60-40, it's 70-30. It's not taken away from the offensive weapons you have in the, you know, in the receiving game, but D linemen don't like getting pushed back. D linemen mm-hmm. don't like the fact that they can't get off the field on third and one, third and two, because the only the, I always say that there are six people who don't come off the field. That's the old line in the quarterback. They don't come off. What does that do for your mindset? And what does that say about the OC when he's saying, look, man, I'm gonna put it in y'all hands and I'm gonna trust y'all five to get us. Yeah, that's great. You know, at, there's always a chance, right? Whenever you put the ball in the air, that it could be picked off, it could be you know, the wind could take it a, ra- a random way or whatever. It's much safer to keep it on the ground. If you have an offensive line, like you take think about the most successful teams here over the last five, six, seven years. It's been Alabama, it's been Georgia. And what was what was their recipe for success? It's running the football. And the recipe is having big linemen that can run the ball. When Georgia struggled last year, and everybody saw when Georgia struggled, Stetson Bennett didn't have to be great. Stetson Bennett didn't have to be a Heisman contender, even though he made it to the ceremony and he shouldn't have been there. He didn't have to be that, right? But at the end of the day, they had big guys up front that nobody could, like, they could smash. They could beat everybody up front in the SEC. And Kirby Smart was so smart by getting people, getting big guys up front. Nick Saban, that's been his recipe for for the last 10, 15 years. Even when back to LSU, when we played them, he had big guys up front that would block well and he would run the ball and he would have to he would throw it only a couple of times. He had guys back there like Matt Malk that would throw play action pass and, and were very successful because he lessened his chances of having the ball intercepted. He he took away that that error, that that's that that room of error that you could have when you throw to put the ball in the air. I think Billy Napier, he's a he's cut from Nick Saban. He's cut from the same cloth. He knows the game plan. I think once this once that offensive line has a game or two to gel, obviously they go to Utah, so it's going to be tested right out of the gate. But once they have a game or two to actually get it get it down and get it right, it's going to be a little bit of a problem. You're going to see Florida um probably better than they were last year because you're going to have a lot of guys. You have a lot of depth. Last year we were praying guys didn't get hurt. Now we have eight guys, nine guys that you can insert in there and they can lean on you, and that gets really tiring for the defense. What you listen to right now is Shannon Snell, football royalty at the University of Florida, All-American, got the brig there, played a couple years in the league. Represent that represent the state of Florida high school football, which I'm always going back and forth. It's Florida, a little bit over Georgia. I got I got to hand it to them that Florida, but it's also uh, 20 million people in Florida. 10 million. That, that's that, that's another conversation. Oh, that's confused. Okay, all right. <laughs> that's another conversation for another day. But but part of that that you know that world renowned 2000 uh, recruiting class, y'all might want to go check that. We all talking about recruiting rankings, been doing it for a long time. But now head pitmaster, mm-hmm. son is barbecue and. You know, I read some on Twitter, you know, prior to announcing I'm going to be featured on the Food Network Barbecue USA Season 2. Shannon, it's hard enough to get recognized for anything we do, any, anything. Mm-hmm. The hardest thing to get recognized is being is, is just, you know, what I what I kids. If they ain't getting iPhones, you, you're nothing. You, they want the brand right. new one, too. <laughs> but you've you been featured on, you know, Food Network. What? What is that call like? You get, you know, because obviously you out here doing what you're doing, not trying to, listen, man, I'm not trying to be seen. You just can see me. What is that, what is that call like to say, hey, man, not only do we love what you're doing, we want to feature you on Barbecue USA Food Network? So the call was weird. Uh, it actually wasn't a call. It actually happened on Instagram. I was, my wife, uh, myself, and my kids, we were going to, we're going to New York. 
uh, we were going to New York. This was December of uh, 2022. We're going to New York, and I'm like, you know, enjoying this my vacation, our yearly vacation that we take every year. And I knew Bar- Barbecue USA. I actually saw season one, and I'm a big Michael Simon fan who hosts the, who does a lot of stuff with the Food Network. And I saw they were coming to Florida. I was like, man, I wonder where they're going. Like, I'm just, I'm genuinely curious where they're going because, you know, maybe go check them out or, or do something. So we found out that they were going to be at a barbecue competition. I'm like, oh, well, I'm going to be competing there anyway. So, you know, when I come back, I'll end up like going, maybe checking it out and seeing what it's all about. So literally the day before, it was the night before that we left for New York, right? We flew out of Jacksonville. So I'm like, you know, anyway, I, I don't generally check my Instagram DMs, except for I check them every, every couple of days. But I just happened to just be scrolling through because I was sitting in the airport and I get a, um, a DM from a producer. And normally you look at this and you're like, man, this ain't real. This is a spam. They want me to click on this. I'm going to get a virus in my dig on Instagram. Like, I was like, this ain't real. But it, it seemed I, I clicked on the picture first and it was actually a producer for the Food Network. It was a recruiter. I'm like, so they were asking something. I did something two years ago, and this was right after COVID. I had went up to uh, right outside of St. Augustine and did a class for a, um, a high school, uh, a competition class for a high school. And they were, I guess they were looking for something, but I was tagged in and a lot of other stuff. So then they went to my page and they started checking out my Twitter and they noticed a lot of the stuff I was doing, even going back to, they saw play for Florida. They saw, you know, the stuff that I was doing, the uh, stuff during COVID season and all that stuff. So they said, hey, you know, we'd love to interview you. We're going to be doing a show in Florida uh, called Barbecue USA. It was kind of weird. It literally happened day like the I saw the Barbecue USA, and then the very next day they call. I'm like, somebody has to be like pranking me. So I, I check it. I was like, okay, yeah, you okay? Let's have this phone call. I'm thinking it's nothing. So the further we got along in the process, they were like, hey, we're you know, do you compete? Which I do. I compete in the um, Florida Barbecue Association. I we do we do comp- barbecue competition. I said, yes, I am. They said, well, we love to feature you on Barbecue USA. Is that something that you'd be interested in? I'm like. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. I was like, I didn't tell him I was fanboying over the fact that I'm a Michael Simon fan and all this other stuff. I'm like, what the hell do you guys think? So I said, um, so I said, yeah, let's, I said, I'm actually headed to New York uh, on a, on a family vacation. They were like, Hey, funny news is that our offices are in, are in New York. And I'm like, what? So I'm like, they were like, if you want to meet up, we, we can do that. And I said, no, let's not do that. Cause I don't know if my wife's going to be really feeling that one. So we'll, we'll talk when we get back, but Needless to say, the process was really swift. They interviewed me and my partner that do the barbecue competition. And they were like, look, we want to put you on the show. We think you would be great. We think it would be great for TV. And, you know, from what we understand and from everybody we talk to, you do a lot of stuff in the barbecue community. And I think it would be good for us. It'd be a great, not only human interest piece, but it would be just a great piece altogether. So one thing led to another. And, um, yeah, we just got the call last week to say we could start talking about it. So it was, uh, it was, it was pretty exciting, brother. It was, it's one of the coolest things I've done. I've been on TV numerous times uh, on like, you know, I've actually been on HLN. I've been on food, I've been on CBS and all that other stuff, but this is kind of like the height of where, you know, I've been doing barbecue for six years. This is like us making it to college and finally playing our first game. Right. And, and actually making it to the stage. That's kind of where I am now with this. This is, this is truly exciting. Food Network is is the creme de la creme, right? Like that's yes. that's food, food Network is the only network to where even people that ain't food connoisseurs to sit there and look at you know Guy Fieri and you know the cast just doing what they're doing. Now you a part of that, 
when you said what you said about man, they, man, these jokes pranking me. That's how, that's what people don't understand. When you've been an athlete your whole life, even if you moved on, you be like, dude, y'all ain't gonna get me. Y'all is this? Yep. A, y'all are not finna DM me. Y'all in New York? Oh, you wanna? Yeah, you wanna? And, but then at a certain point, you realize, wait a minute, bro, this is real. Yeah, like y'all really. Yeah. It's like it's a humbling thing because we don't do it for the accolades. We don't do it for the recognition. You just end up getting those things. What was the conversation like with your wife when you told her, listen, I'm not going to mess up the vacay, but they here in New York. I know we're not going, <laughs> but they said the offices are like, you know, on 45th Street or something. And that that was the that was the conversation. I was like, I, I was I was like, I was kind of talking it through with her. I'm like, I don't know if this is real. Like, I, I don't want to be one of those dudes that gets catfished uh, for some reason or just something, something weird happens. And I said, but this is like a real opportunity. So we kind of said we were able to talk through it on our trip to New York on the plane and stuff. And it was like, well, yeah, I mean, so it, it, it was it was literally true. I was like, I mean, the timing of it was so weird because of the fact that I was literally just talking about the, literally one day after. It's like they heard me through my computer as I was looking at it and they just called me. And it was like, man, this is just and that's probably that was probably God's work, God's work, his way of saying, hey, I'm going to throw you a bone because with all the hard work that you've been doing with barbecue the last you know, 10, 15 years. But um, like I said, it was just truly exciting. It was almost surreal, right? It's almost surreal because um, you're right. The Food Network is one of those things that whether you barbecue fan, whether you're a fan of Mediterranean food or whatever, they do everything on that on that network. And you may not even be a food fan, but you may like kind of tune in to find something on there that you actually may like. And this for them to give uh, me this opportunity, man, it was it was it was really a blessing. Shannon, you've really done it all, man. I mean, listen, what, Parade All-American, High School All-American. I mean, All-American in college, got a chance to live out your NFL dreams. You get to live in your, literally live in, you can get to go back to West Tampa when you were sitting there in the back with your grandfather. Now, your grand, you, your grandfather's wildest dreams is the Food Network. He was like, nope, don't come to my house. But the grandson get to do it. What is Shannon Snell most proud of, even though you got a lot of life to live yet? Yeah. What am I most proud of? You know, um, I don't think it's I, I had fun playing football, just I'm sure like you did. I, I had fun playing football. Um, I have fun, you know, doing a barbecue thing. I have fun on the Food Network. All that stuff is super, super rewarding. But I think it really is um, the ability to give back to people. Um, and I really do mean that. I, 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 like, I, didn't, I don't think I took full advantage of the stage I was on when I was playing football. I wish I did. You know, I, I admire guys like Tim Tebow because everybody sometimes give Tim, Tim a bad rap because you know, he may not have been as successful as a quarterback in the league as he probably should have been. But I think that's really minuscule versus what he's doing now. He took that platform. He took what he did athletically and was able to turn that into uh, a way to get people to come to Christ, which I think is super awesome. For me personally, I said in my second career, which is obviously barbecue, I said, you know what? Giving back is going to be a huge part of what I do. It's going to be a huge part of who I am. And it really hasn't stopped. There's something rewarding. There's something rewarding about the fact that you're able to um, connect with people. Um, and the best way to obviously do it is over food. We talk about barbecue and throwing a, you know, one of our, our, our missions is to throw in a barbecue slider in Southern hospitality, right? When you're throwing a barbecue, you're having fun. And I never realized that even my first couple of years in the barbecue realm, I never realized that, but I realized how much fun I had giving back and connecting with people and, you know, using a platform just to, be able to basically break bread with them. I think that means so much. And it means so much, whether you're a 
You could be a Florida State Seminole. You could be a Miami Hurricane. I, th I don't think that means a whole lot because we're only given so much time while we're here on Earth, and we've got to make the best of it. you got to leave some sort of a legacy. And, you know, the one I hope I leave for my kids, um, for the people that know me, um, I hope it's a good one, one that they can be kind of respect and be proud of. High school All-American, college football All-American, played in the NFL, mm -hmm. featured on season two Food Network, Barbecue USA, a man of the people. About, listen, a part of the most historic recruiting class ever to come through the University of Florida. I don't hey, care sir. what nobody say the class of 2G. I will put our class up against anybody. But more Andrew. importantly, but more importantly, he represents the second best high school football state in the country, right behind Georgia, that being Florida. <laughs> I knew you were going to try to throw that, that but I knew that was going to come back hey, up. But all, but, all, but all jokes aside, Shannon, man, I, I'm super-duper proud of you, man. I think I think what happens is sometimes we don't know what centers until you put in that right environment. You put in that right environment, you're like, dude, this is where I'm supposed to be. Like, this is what I do. And, man, you know how many people can't wait to see you pull up? Because they know they finna get some good eats. You can't even yeah. pull up. You can't even pull up to the gas, bro. I'm just here to get some gas. I'm not finna go serve the gas station some brisket, you know. But at the it's same weird. time, it, man, it's, it's weird, brother. As I as I get old, as I get older, people rec recognize me less as the football side of me and say, "Hey, you the barbecue guy? Hey, what you got with you?" So it's kind of like a reputation I got now. So it's not it's not one I take lightly. It's one that I got to live up to. I like I can't serve any BS on any given day. So I I, I do appreciate the. Uh, the, the the newfound success I've created being the barbecue guy. Hey, listen, man, at the end of the day, man, being recognized for who you are not lets you know you've made the full transition away from the game of football. Because being recognized at all, but like I said, man, being a barbecue guy, that just means that if the police do pull you over, you know, look, but what I got to do, God, is take, I got to give you some some sides with this brisket or whatever. Like, I got some in the back. So I, I'm in a hurry. He's like, listen, man, you give me some greens and some mac. With them brisket, I let you out of here, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't used that one yet. I don't know if that's counted as a bribe, but I might have to. At some, I drive real fast. So. <laughs> the great Shannon Snell, ladies and gentlemen, this is eighty-four reasons I'm being true. No games, no gimmicks, just reasons. Not my reasons, his reasons. Make sure, make sure if you're watching the Food Network, be on the lookout for Barbecue USA season two. Shannon Snell will be featured on it. I will be taking credit for what, because I can't cook nothing. I can I can observe. I can go, ooh, that look good right there. I'm a taste tester. That's what I'm going to do. He's a food guy. I'm the taste tester. Watch me licking my fingers. I don't need no napkins. These are my napkins right here. <laughs> Pictures 84 Reads. He's Shannon. I'm being, and we out of here.